Hello, and welcome to Retireable Podcast. I'm Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. And, you know, and, and interesting, as we were talking about uh, just a few minutes ago as well, is that we're, the Trump tax cuts um, are supposed to sunset in 2025, right, yep. John? Yep. Um, but there's lots of things we're hearing and lots of grumblings that we're hearing about some of these things. So um, what are some of the things you've heard recently, John? So there's been a number of different articles out there. Um, you know, you, I guess if you have to cite articles, there was one this weekend in the Washington Post that talked about how um, the, the tax cut uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act actually sunsets December 31st, 2025, mm-hmm. but that um, potentially that may be extended. Um, if you have a Republican in office or Republican-led Congress, they're probably going to want to keep those tax cuts because that's one of the reasons they got elected. On the other side, if you have Democrats in charge, they're probably not going to want to be responsible for raising taxes, which would happen if they sunset that law. So, so yeah, that's the idea is, is what may happen in that situation. And so now as we kind of do planning, as, as always, our planning, um, uh, ING, an action verb, right? So we're always looking at what might be happening down the road. We, we plan for the laws that are today, but we do have to keep an eye on stuff. So it's a really interesting thought that you bring up there that, that we have to pay attention to. Well, it, it is funny that you, you hear that because, you know, with all those stimulus bills that were passed in trillions and trillions of dollars. Sure. And we're talking about the debt ceiling get, getting to a, a certain place. And even just last week, they were talking about how are they going to mess with Social Security and, yeah. and Medicaid. And, and you know, they decided not to. But, you know, the issue is they talk about maybe not raising taxes. But how how are we going to afford all the stuff that we have going on with this government if they don't raise taxes, yeah. John? And, and, and it's a... Depending on again, Mike, it, it, with with information and 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 whether it's a podcast, whether it's a whether it's a video, whether it's somewhere on the internet, as you start looking at information and 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 why we try and make sure we put this information out there is you have to know where the sources are coming from because you could go down a, a rabbit hole and find almost any information in in that regard. You could you could you could find this information that could confuse you or whatnot. It's one of the reasons why you talk to professionals. What are they yeah. listening to? Where do they get their information from? And how can I trust what they're going to say? And that that's really a huge part of this, I think. Yeah. Well, and and, and just. Just adding to the tax code, right? I mean, the the, the tax code right now, I don't know. I, we I read somewhere like more than three Bibles, you know, as far as Jeez. the yeah. wording, you know, of the of the tax code. Um, so they have to rewrite it again, or or add more or things add to into it. it. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, and it's just so weird how even it handles it, uh, or how the IRS handles it. Just even, you know, just this tax season, they talked about the states and some of the way they're handling some of the the the, the state taxes. Well, we're yeah. in Michigan, uh, yeah. where we're coming from with this podcast. We're in Michigan, and there's a, there's an honest conversation or an ongoing conversation now about how to change or what automatically changes because Michigan has a surplus right now. So what's yeah. going to change about our Current tax situation yeah. just on Michigan income tax. You're right. Well, and even in the IRS, one one week they said don't don't file your taxes until we figure out the tax code during the tax season. You right. know, right. and then like a couple of days later, what do they say? <laughs> you know, well, okay, well, um, you, you can go ahead and file your taxes now. We're just not going to worry about this year. We'll forgive it. You know, this year. Well, and, you and, know? and again, I think that's one of the reasons why we when we look at this, when we when we talk about what we're doing here with this workshop, when we talk about what we're doing with these podcasts or the the seminars and webinars and all the different things we talk about to try and get information out to people, I think that's one of the things we focus on so much is that it is an action verb because things are always changing. And 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 you know, the, the perfect example we talk about is is the laws that have changed just in the last handful of years, my gosh, in the last five or ten years are are dramatic. And, and 
it, it exacerbates it right now because people feel it, right? Because the this pandemic that we've been through, people seemingly have aged, you know, decades over that because it's been such it feels like 2020 was so long and it feels like we like there's a new normal. That's definitely it's it's now it makes it easier for us to kind of explain that things are changing and and, and highlight it. But but that is one of the things that that good planning uh, requires and why we talk about things retireable because it's constantly changing. You got to know what's going on. You're, you're exactly right, John. And just even the Secure Act that was you know originally passed sure. at the end of 2019, and and the and the government it's it's you know two two little over two years later, and they still haven't figured it out. And the thing is, once somebody learns it, there's been three changes. Absolutely. In, you know, in the in the three years since it's it's been in, enacted, and so you most people might have heard of it one way, and then you know then it gets keeps changing and changing. And even you and I have to do our studies, as you know, we're, we're doing a lot of our continuing sure. education on some of this stuff to make sure that we're up to date with some of these laws so that we can communicate it to the public and, and to the clients that we serve. But um, yeah, and obviously taxes is one of those things that For sure. changes. Okay? For sure, constantly. Um, but let's what, what changes even faster than, than the tax code right now? Uh, I mean, obviously <laughs> the guy we're going to bring on, we're talking about technology, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, te- technology is one of those things where, you know, it's so darn fast. And, and you know, it's it's crazy even in our industry because a lot of the stuff, you know, we would, we would you know, try to produce some of the technology ourselves or, um, you know, utilize some of the, the stuff that was out there. And unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I guess it could be either sure, way. Sure. I mean, it's just so fast. We're looping, we're learning new software and new programs. It used to be maybe every every couple of years, right, and now to, it's every couple of months now, isn't it? Well, you remember close to twenty years ago when when you would want to go look for something, you would. We used to have map books. Remember, we used yeah. to have big thick books books of maps, and you could flip through and find a map of. Oh, hey, here's where this client is coming from to the office, or here's how I get to go see this client, or. Your technology might be little things that, 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 that you learn. Now there's so much financial technology that you can be used. Even with one family, you might use 10 different methods of financial technology. 10, 10 is a round number. I'm just. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, no, exactly right. I mean, we, we talked about that before a lot, little bit of, obviously what you can do on your phone even right now is just, it's just oh, for crazy. Sure. So the, the problem that we're, we're finding though, John, I think is that it used to be, uh, you know, like you talk about the YouTube and the do-it-yourselfers and and, and financial for a, a while, um, you could almost put it on cruise control and, you know, the, the growth oriented of the 90s, for example, and and read, watch TV, read publication and, sure. and make some decent decisions. Um, but even a lot of the programs that a lot of these um you know, self-investors use, unfortunately, are becoming really complicated, you know, when it comes down to that. So that's why we oftentimes, you know, of course, there's lots of training involved for even us to use it for sure for our clients. And so it's it's almost impossible now um, for a lot of those do-it-yourselfers to get all the stuff that they need unless they, you know, obviously spend that's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Job. Yeah, exactly. 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 So we're going to bring on Nick Shaheen. Uh, Nick Shaheen is actually the chief compliance officer of our firm, um, but he's, which is like the supervisor of the securities department, but he also runs financial services of America advisors. And he's the, 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 the person that, um, does a lot of the testing and the beta testing of a lot of the technology that we use because it's, it's got to flow through him before it can be client facing is a father of twin four-year-old girls. So I, maybe we should talk to him about that first. Welcome, Nick. Hey, Mike. Hey, John. How are you? So that's why Nick is probably not in studio today. He's on the phone because he's got lots of stuff going on at home. Yeah, having uh, having twin uh, twin four year olds definitely uh, definitely keeps my wife and I busy. Keeps you a little, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that is the uh, uh, every, everything is kind of v- viewed through that lens, right? It's can we do this? Can we do that? Well, it depends on on the four year olds, right? Making sure that's taken care of first. 
So yes, as, uh, as both of your parents, you know, that, uh, once you have kids, uh, you don't get your life back. So, uh, sometime maybe when they're in college or, uh, when they're out of college and kind of fully uh, on their own. We literally had a meeting about that yesterday. Actually, the uh, the group the group uh, uh, discussion was somewhere in your late forties to early fifties. You turn and you start focusing now on the kids, are, depending on when you had kids, but when the kids are old enough. So that's actually funny you bring that up. All right, so so Nick, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us what your role is at Financial Services of America? So as you mentioned, as the the chief compliance officer, I really serve two functions. Uh, the first is to make sure that. As a firm, we comply with all of the regulations. As you'd imagine, uh, when we're serving and, and taking care of our, our clients and their financial lives, uh, there is a lot of regulation that comes in comes in with that. Uh, but then my second role is to really make sure that all of our advisors and our customer service team has all of the tools that they need to best serve our clients. And technology is a big part of that. So, so Nick, we kind of we kind of mentioned a um, a little bit in the. Um, uh, in, 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 in Mike and I, in our discussion, we use the term fintech. Um, can, can you tell us what fintech is? That's the, the generic term that people hear all the time. And I think we've already thrown it out there. We probably should define that. Go ahead. Tell us what fintech is. Yeah. So as you said, fintech, it really is a broad term that's kind of covering any type of technology uh, that has to do with finance. And so that could be personal finance and budgeting tools. It could be having to deal with mortgages or even, you know, banking and you know, all the things that we get to do, like cashing a check using a cell phone now, um, or all the way up to different financial calculations. And am I going to have enough money to, to live on in retirement, uh, in, in including tools like account aggregation, where being able to take uh, different accounts that might be at different custodians in different banks and kind of pull them all into one site uh, or one app on my phone to be able to see all that information in one place. With FSA, how do we use it, um, or how do you use it, or our firm use it, um, mostly, would you say? Kind of depends on the role uh, of the individuals. For example, our customer service team that is, is more about taking care of our clients uh, uses what we call a CRM or a client relationship management, uh, kind of a software, uh, to track all the things that we're doing to take care of our clients, such as opening new accounts, making sure all the paperwork together to open up the accounts, how we're uh, you know, funds transferring from the, the old uh, custodian to the new custodian, tracking account tasks and services, uh, like with processing withdrawals, making sure the clients actually get the money, um, changing so the, addresses, beneficiaries, that's that kind of day-to-day stuff. The, 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 the Almost the, the, the back office tracking to make sure everything goes properly for a client, make sure they get yeah, everything absolutely. they need. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely, John. It's kind of like, what step is it on and, and did it actually get done? Sure. Yeah, well, and I think there's an important um piece of that as well as the is the um, security of it as well you know as being a compliance person there's a lot of uh, stuff in that back office that we have to keep secure so that's part of your role as well isn't it Nick yeah cybersecurity is something that it, it gets a lot of publicity nowadays and it seems like uh, every few weeks we're getting some sort of email or news blurb about uh, a company's uh, security system information being hacked um, and we have to deal with a lot of very sensitive information for our clients we have to make sure that that data is protected um, and particularly from those types of cybersecurity threats so what about them okay so so and i know i don't want to like um you know just gloss over that right there 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 are companies out there that 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 might be something that they struggle with behind the scenes is whether it's the security or whether it's just the 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 processes to make sure 
that everything is handled properly. Where where what's really nice about being a, a bigger company is that you, that you have all the systems built and, and, and organized to take care of that. From a client perspective, or from the client service team, what about on the advisor side? Like, what are some of the what are some of the technologies that FSA is employing on the advisor side? Uh, we use a lot of tools to try to simplify uh, calculations and make things easier for our advisors and for our clients to understand. Okay. Uh, so that may be things like uh, a risk analysis tool. Um, you know that there's kind of these industry buzzwords like aggressive or moderate, conservative. Sure. Well, what does that really mean, and how does that actually play itself out in a portfolio? So being able to take software and project out what that looks like in a portfolio in terms of maybe a percentage gain up or, or down or a dollar amount up or down that that portfolio represents. Um, and also being able to match up a client's actual holdings in a portfolio to see does it match the risk tolerance that they think it does. Uh, I know you guys meet with a lot of clients that will tell you, I told my, my advisor I'm conservative, but when you dive in deeper, they may be a lot more aggressive than they, they really thought that they were. And so being able to analyze that in a way that uh, the average investor can look at and easily understand uh, where they really are situated. No, it is really kind of amazing, Nick, because, uh, you know, John and I obviously do a lot of analysis with our, our, our clients. And when we do a lot of the risk assessments and what actually clients say versus what they are, are oftentimes two way two different numbers. And so they'll, they'll, like you said, they may say they're conservative, but we'll, we'll put the data in. And it's not our opinion. It's just, it's, it's facts and figures. We have the, the, the technology that can plug that information in and, and let them know not only, um, you know, what, where they, where they sit in their risk score, um, but also are they getting the return versus the risk that they're taking? And that's kind of the hard part as well, because that it's an ever changing thing. You know, it could have been, it could have been conservative, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. And, and, and the investments themselves can change so dramatically themselves too. So it's looking at that um, through that data. Well, and I think, I think the the interesting point about this, Nick, as you talk about this, as you bring stuff up, it, it it's, there, there are, um, I, I know Mike and I have both been with you at times when you've been out searching for, for fintech places. You've been at, at different uh, conferences or different different places to, to see. There's, there's, there's literally feels like there's thousands of different ideas out there. And, and, and what we're looking for is what can tell the most concise story for the information we need? Because just like this podcast, we only have a limited amount of time to, to, to capture someone's attention and explain complex information excuse me, in a short amount of time, right? And, and, and so when we're talking about stuff, yeah, Mike, you may spend uh, uh, you know hours analyzing something and then Nick may spend hours after that reviewing your analysis and making sure everything works properly from the compliance side. But from a family side, they don't, they, they don't want to spend those hours. They want yeah. to hear it in a, in a short order. So I think that's where FinTech can be helpful in, in, in that situation, right? So yeah, so Nick, let's explain that a little bit because I, I think there's so many tools that we use and some of it actually is very complicated because we do have some complex cases when we're dealing with some of our higher net worth individuals, but there's a lot of the middle-class millionaires that it is pretty straightforward and simple, but we can kind of put it into some very simple terms for the, the individuals to understand. So why don't you kind of explain some of the different technology that we use um, for the different types of clients that we deal with? Yeah, I think that's a great point that you bring up because there there is so many different uh, providers out there, and, and you know, going to those industry conferences and there's convention halls just aligned with hundreds of, of different providers that do different things. 
product. And at the end of the day, the, the reason why uh, most of the clients hire uh, our advisors like the two of you is they want to work with somebody that makes it simpler, makes it easy for them. And so uh, a lot of what this technology does is, is take processes and calculations that used to be very time consuming, very manual processes that were maybe only available to very uh, the very wealthy individuals and making it simple, for, simple so that the average investor, that millionaire next door can take advantage of it. And so that might be things like income distribution planning and looking at the client's assets, their income needs in retirement and, and mapping out or modeling how likely they are to succeed in a 20, 30, 40 year retirement period. And what is the chance or likelihood that they may run out of money? And if they are going to run important. out of money, then to work, yeah, exactly, to work with the two of you and work with your advisors, say, okay, what do we need to change? Do we need to save more, spend less? Do we need to invest differently to achieve our goals? Or it might be analyzing when is the optimal time to take Social Security and what does that income stream uh, look like in retirement? No, that's 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 really that's kind of the, some of it's the same when I say it's the same because if you want to have money to last for your entire lifetime, you have to kind of look at it through a couple different lenses. And so sometimes it is not only looking at how much money do I have and where is invested at and how it's going to last, but but the um, using Social Security and when to take it, or if you have a spouse too, when to take you know both the Social Securities can have a huge impact on um, that that income distribution plan for the rest of your life. And so it's kind of coupling that sometimes too, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, it, it's kind of combining things uh, like that and, and how it all works together. Um, and there's also tools that can help. Um, kind of analyze opportunities uh, like tax savings or, or different tax strategies and how to maximize the amount left over to their heirs or beneficiaries, whether that's, you know, family members or charities and um, just taking advantage of, of all the different opportunities. Uh, but again, it, it's taking those different ca calculations that could take hours uh, to, to, to compute and distill it down into something that, uh, somebody can take a look at on a on you know maybe even a single sheet of paper and say yeah I this is the strategy makes sense for me here's the benefit that I see with my family. So, so a lot of that is is um, like Mike like Mike said the word beta testing or a lot of that is 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 worked through and 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 gone through to figure out what's best for clients. And sometimes it's changing. Sometimes you might use one program and it might not fit. You might use a different program or like we said sometimes you might use multiple programs and in 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 at the same time with a client. Hey, we're we're looking at social security with one program that might calculate it, but it might be the tax efficiency might be a different program, right? So there's different things there. So so Nick, um as both Mike and I uh, uh, have been with you at some of these workshops, um, I, I don't know about Mike, but I know that uh, when you go into those big conference halls and they're row after row after row of financial technology, I gloss over after a little bit and move on. But I know, Nick, you, because I've been there, you you go to every one and research every one and, and try and learn each one. What, what are you considering when you're kind of evaluating new technology for, 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 for FSA, right? For whether it's client facing or us, you know, the, the, the advisors or, or, or the internal team, what, what are you uh, considering when you're looking at that stuff? Yeah, you're right. It definitely can be very easy to gloss over or on the flip side, it can be very easy to get enamored, uh, maybe overly enamored with a piece of technology because it looks really cool. But you kind of have to take a step back and, and kind of ask a simple question of, you know, what does this do? How is this going to help our clients, our advisors, our customer service team do their job better? How does it make things easier? How does it save time? 
how does it, uh, you know, really again simplify those calculations or those maybe processes we're currently doing manually if the technology can automate it and a process that, that used to take you john or mike an hour to do can get it done in 15 minutes that's now maybe an additional half hour 45 minutes that you're able to spend with your clients in in you know focusing on that relationship and sure. the, the plan more than just doing the calculations absolutely. so absolutely it, it really trying to take that complex and, and boil it down to how how do we as a firm use this? And again, um, mention this. There's so many different technology out there. There's actually a an industry group that puts out a monthly sheet that just keeps expanding, uh, getting bigger and more full of all the different types of technology out there. It's what do we do as a firm and the clients that we serve? There's really cool technology out there that just doesn't apply to to our client base. Sure. And so it's you know trying to navigate that. Um, and going in with a mindset of, of what do we do and how does it make uh, everybody's job easier? And, and at the end of the day, how does it benefit our clients? Well, and it's, and it's interesting because as we've all been on that side of, of, of looking at a family and talking to them and interacting with them and seeing that those eyes gloss over, like we've gone too far into the weeds or you, the listener have probably been with a financial person where they've kind of feeling like they've talked over your head or you're not get grasping what's going on. So much of this is it can, like you said, Nick, there's, there's tons of great ideas out there, but if they don't connect with what we're trying to accomplish in that relationship between the, the advisor and the client, if the, if it doesn't fit that, then the information isn't really as helpful. Right. I mean, that that's, that's such a difficult part of your job is trying to figure that part out. I think. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think you guys have both seen, you know, had clients that you met with that is, is handed you a 30, 50, 100 page printout that they've gotten from a prior advisor that, you know, this technology put out this really fancy report, but what, what does it mean and how does it benefit sure. the client? And so, you know, what I look at it, it's not necessarily the technology that really makes the impact. Yes, it, it simplifies things and maybe does those calculations, but at the end of the day, it provides our, our advisors like you the data to then meet with your clients and make better, make more informed decisions. Literally, you know, we talked about that. Yep. I, I, I literally had a client say that to me the other day. He said, he said, I get home about nine o'clock every day from from where I work and he works a, a very long shift and it's a very uh, elaborate job. And uh, he said, I get home about nine o'clock every day. And the last thing I want to do is try and disseminate a hundred page report when my eyes are tired and I can hardly see the, the, the printing on the paper. It's a, what you said, Nick, is exactly what, what, what people feel. Well, it's, and it's funny. I think it's, it's evolved even, you know, since we've been doing this, John, is because a lot of the analyzing tools in the very beginning, the technology was analyzing the investments themselves and really um, it's been a paradigm shift now where it's not really about the investments themselves. It's more about the planning, you know, sure. and not only the, you know, like, like Nick said, the income planning, making sure I have enough money to last my lifetime. Right. And there's a hundred different ways to do that. Yes. Yeah. And when should I take my income? You know, sure. you know, should I take a buyout? Should I take a, should I um, take my pension? You know, that kind of stuff and using those analyzing tools. And really the, I think the, the biggest headway that we've seen at least client facing, at least in my opinion is the, 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 the tax tools, you know, a lot of the, you know, since the tax cuts and jobs act, we talked about that was, that was um, done in 2017. Um, there's been a lot of, of tools we can use for like, whether it's Roth conversions or just the tax impact 
on certain different investments themselves. And we used to be able to calculate them. And again, you and I both sat there and and done a lot of these calculations manually for years. And now they have a lot of this technology that will, you know, show what the impact would be over their life expectancy and like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars they can save in taxes over their lifetime if it's it's set up properly in in a very simple illustration. Well, and I think Nick sees this from his side of, of not just the technology, but going back to that compliance side, Nick, where you review the things that advisors do and you see advisors doing more now, you know, because of the technology, they have more time, they can be more efficient, they can, they can do more things for, for families. Before it was, okay, we're going to handle this account and do the best we can with it. And that might encompass most of your time. But now it's not just that, it's the, the holistic conversations that we've had, that we've had many times. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, Nick, we appreciate your time, but before we let you go, just, is there just one more thing, just is there a sneak peek? Is there anything that you're looking at right now that, um, or something that is probably, you know, that we might see upcoming that's going to be like the next best thing? Um, is there anything you're looking at as far as that's concerned? Yeah. Uh, like John said, a lot of it has changed from, you know, that investment planning, um, or investment, you know, comparison into more of the planning concept, income planning, and that tax planning really is that next component of it. And how do we evaluate the options uh, to be able to make the best decisions? Um, a lot of this technology comes down to it gives you information. There's what I like to call a spreadsheet answer of what's the most optimal way to do something. But that doesn't mean that that's what's the best emotional or that personal financial planning decision for, for each individual. So being able to take that information uh, kind of distill down, evaluate options and make a decision is, is really where that technology comes into play and, and tax planning and some of the software uh, that we're, we're evaluating and getting ready to implement uh, is going to do wonders to equip our advisors to, to simplify that analysis and take that information and make some really, really great uh, decisions with our clients. Well, that's, that's fantastic, Nick. And I'm looking forward to, to utilizing some of that stuff and being able to show that client facing with our clients as well. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, John. So, Mike, as we kind of, as we hear from, from Nick, which is great, great information, we, we get to this spot in our, in our every episode where we talk a little bit about holistic happenings, right? And, and, and we haven't really, we never prep for this. We just kind of throw it back and forth to each other. And, and, and when we say holistic happenings, it's, it's with our practice, um, with our ideas, we talk about all the different parts of life, right? It's the, it's the communication of estate planning and tax planning and financial planning and insurance planning and all the different things, making sure they're working together. So throwing it to you, what, what have you had in the last uh, week or so that, uh, that has come across that has been a holistic situation, a holistic happening? Well, it's interesting, John, because we run into different scenarios all the time. And it's, it's very interesting with the clients that we deal with. And so, you know, a lot of times when we're dealing with this, because of privacy issues, we really don't want to talk about specific clients themselves. So we're going to use it more as an example here, John. Um, we'll just use it as John and Mary and, and use it as a, uh, an example of, of someone who um, saved several million dollars throughout their lifetime. And in this case scenario, um, you know, retiring a little bit late too. And, and one of the, the strategies that we used previously that a lot of people have used and we did a lot in the 90s especially, is what they call indexing, okay? And really, there's a lot of studies done in, in the 90s um, especially that was talking about, you know, how do you beat the market? And what it came down to back then was it's very difficult to beat the market. And so they said, you know, it's kind of, you heard that old strategy, if you can't beat them, join them. And so at that point, people said, you know what, we'll just, we'll just track the market. And so a lot of different things came out 
um, it's tracking the market, like an S&P 500 index fund. And there's been lots of other index funds that are out there, whether it's the Russell 2000 or the Dow Jones Industrial, et cetera. And this person started actually using, um, you know, the, or the example I'm using right now, started using indexing, you know, let's say in the 80s, right? And so now they have millions of dollars in after-tax money because what happens when you're using indexing, um, a lot of that growth stays within it. And so um, now we're dealing with, you know, a several, like a couple million dollar portfolio per se, and there's over a million of it is capital gains. And so um, now this person is retiring. And if you're trying to retire at this certain age, um, now where do we take our distributions from? Well, half the money was in... Uh, might be in a in a four hundred one k, and half the money is after tax dollars. They're taxed at different um, positions, and if you're retiring at age seventy, the new rules say now that you have to, don't have to start taking your re- required minimum distributions until age seventy three. So, what are some of the opportunities that we have? And more importantly, if we want to live at a certain lifestyle, what do we have to consider? Well, some of those considerations might be. Um, Medicare premiums, because if you make too much money in retirement, you're taking too much distributions out, then your Medicare premiums increase dramatically. And so we want to try to stay under those Medicare premiums. We also want to look at um, tax brackets. And when we're looking at tax brackets, you know, what tax bracket might might be, what, what, what might we be in? Um, right now, it's a joint taxpayer, you know, but if something were to happen to one of the two spouses in a, in a high income earning, um, so let's say this person wanted to live at about $180,000 a year, what, what would that do as a single taxpayer versus a joint taxpayer? And what would it do to the Medicare premiums? So that's one of the considerations that we have as well. Um, lastly, is what are some of the other opportunities that we may have um, throughout this period of time? And and one of the strategies that we oftentimes use is Roth conversion strategies. Now, Roth conversions may not be uh, for everyone, uh, but what we do find out is we, of course, have software that can kind of show the impact and uh, how great it would be in certain case scenarios uh, to have tax-free income, especially if we can reduce the amount of your required minimum distributions at age uh, 73 in this case scenario. So in this case scenario, it may make sense um, to, you know, maybe, um, do a large Roth conversion, maybe even jump a tax bracket because we're, as we've always talked about, we're at an unprecedented low, uh, tax brackets right now. We know the tax laws are going to change in 2025. If we could do Roth conversions for, let's say the next three years, maybe it even makes sense to, to have the Medicare premiums go up for a little while, just in this case scenario for a few years to have tax-free income for the rest of their life. Cause they might be in jeopardy of the Medicare premiums going up later on down the road just for that reason of their high income and the amount of money that they do have. Really, when we're looking at these things is there's lots of opportunities, and sometimes it's for um, you know the, the individuals that have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sometimes it's for the individuals that have millions of dollars. But the more money you have, oftentimes the bigger problem it becomes. And so now it's using some unique strategies that you can use. And one of the things that we looked at even for this individual or for some of these individuals, I should say, that have these high net worths is what they call a charitable remainder trust. And especially if you have people that are charitably inclined, there are ways to now use, use the charitable remainder trust potentially, you know, for a portion of their assets. And sometimes you can use it with some of the non-qualified Sometimes you can actually use it for some of the qualified even after they pass away. So it's, it's just using some of these strategies that we can use a little bit more 
um, complicated and a little bit more um, useful. You know, again, the more assets you have, the more strategies that we want to use in those case scenarios. And so now by, by utilizing some of these strategies, um, whether it's, you know, the charitable remainder trusts or, or we actually talked about donor advised funds and we've talked about um, uh, the, the, the qualified charitable deductions that you can do once you're 70 and a half. So there's lots of other ideas you can use, um, you know, in certain case scenarios to make sure we can keep the taxes down for the individual, um, the individual clients themselves. And so it's just using those strategies in, in those cases. So, John, I think that was a kind of a good example that we use right now. And that's um, probably, you know, a little bit over most people's head. But I just wanted to know that we have the resources to do all sorts of planning, no matter what situation you're in. Well, it's probably a good spot to leave it for this Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. Well, thanks, John. Um, our, if you want to get in contact with us as well, uh, it's 1-800-977-9292. Our website is fsa1.com. And I'm Mike Wallace. I'm John Sauger. Have a wonderful day. Securities, products, and services made available through AE Financial Services, LLC, AEFS, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory products and services made available through FSA Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSA Advisors Incorporated are not affiliated companies. Insurance products are offered through the insurance business, Financial Services of America. FSA Advisors Incorporated is also a financial services practice that offers products and services through AE Financial Services, LLC, AEFS member FINRA and SIPC. AEFS does not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by Financial Services of America are not subject to investment advisor requirements. AEFS and FSA Advisors Incorporated are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. FSA Advisors Incorporated is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by FSA Advisors Incorporated. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. Increased taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including but not limited to a need for additional tax withholding or estimated tax payments, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and higher taxes on Social Security benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA.